Welcome to the Rock of Ages Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Israel Soto. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit rockofagesaog.org. It's good to be in the house of God, and I love to say that because it really is. And some of us maybe need to be reminded that it's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Had a great time this past Friday, as I was saying, uh, talking to the young people. And I was reminded, just basically, I didn't really preach to them, but I shared my testimony. I don't know how many of you guys knew, but I was a youth pastor before I came, became senior pastor here at Rock of Ages, close to 27 years ago. And so I took the time to just share with them what God had done uh, uh, through our ministry, my wife and I and my children and youth ministry, and try to encourage them and tell them that that uh, there is always prosperity and blessing and pressing forward in ministry, especially how needed it is because our young people really need to be pressed into the kingdom of God. Amen? But I challenged them with a question, and this morning I want to, and somehow just in the same thought, challenge us as well. The question for them was, has anything changed? You see, I was a youth pastor over 40 years ago. My wife and I led young people over 40 years ago, and the young people that we dealt with, and this is the point that I tried to stress to our young people this past Friday, as much a different that we think that they are, because you see, we hear people all the time saying, oh, it's a different world. Oh, it's a different society. It's a different world. Uh, the world we live in today, oh, it's not like before. Oh, when we were kids. You know, we were riding our dad's wagon and smacking our dad's mule. Oh, things were so different and, and oh, but today. And I agree with you in the sense that things indeed have changed. We have changed cars and clothing and we've changed occupation. And we look at statistics and people that were educated back in the 40s and 50s to what they're doing today. We sat there and had some introductions of some of the young people that were there. And we have pretty much everybody there going to, to their, getting their doctorates in, in either nursing or, or becoming some kind of physician. It, it was just impressive to hear all these young people. And it wasn't that way. I can agree. Things have changed in that sense. But what I refer to is, have things changed spiritually? Well, to get to the end of my point here is, we ended up agreeing that really things have not changed since 50 years ago spiritually. Oh, no, no, no. Young people are much more given to sin. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, look at the way they dress. Their skirts are so high. Need I remind us that we're the ones that invented the miniskirt? Yes? Oh, look at these people. I mean, their pants are always all the way down, and when they lean over, you can see just dangerous things. But may I remind you that we're the ones that invented hip huggers and bell bottoms. Look at the way they dress. Well, maybe things like that. But when it comes to spiritual things and the young people that I used to pastor back then, I find that young people that they are going through the same things. Their struggles with sin are the same. The pool that the world has for our young people is just the same as it was 40 some odd years ago when I used to pastor young people. It was not too long ago that I 
preach to you on a, the subject of uh, everything remains the same. Nothing changes when you ask, what now with all this trouble? Uh, what now? And, and you say, nothing now. Everything remains the same. Well, everything remains the same. And so the same pressure and the same stress, the same uh, 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 continuity and commitment that we had to reach young people way back uh, in the 70s and 80s, it's got to remain the same today. We use the same commitment to reach our young people today. We love them all the same. We encourage them all the same. There's nothing good that we can say about our generation. Some of you don't want to admit it. No, we were different. We were never like that. Nothing has changed. You were just as sinful. The tug of sin was just the same in your life as it was when I was 18 years old. As it is for them. It may come in different shapes and forms, but I'll tell you what. The end result is always the same. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so we had a good time. Well, today we're going through times of struggle. And you know, it's, it's no unheard of thing that our nation is in duress. And people all over the world today are beginning to struggle with things that they are being challenged with because of political things and, and ugly people and good people fighting back and all these things that are going on. I was just read or, or saw in the news actually in Australia, a pastor is going to jail or has the possibility of going to jail for six years because he had service. You know, Australia is shut down. I don't mean just Edinburgh and McAllen. No, no, I mean Texas, Australia is shut down. They can't have any kind of fellowship. Now it's a war between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And now it's become politicized so badly that now Australia is captive to the power of government. Our own nation is struggling through things like that. It's no unheard thing. And some of you may nod your head and some of you say, like, please don't talk about that. But it's a matter of fact. So what about us? We thank God for the privilege of being able to worship freely this morning. Amen. Yeah, we're thankful. There are people in Afghanistan and all over the world who cannot worship freely anymore. And it's tightening. The noose is tightening and tightening and tightening. So what are we supposed to do? What do we do in the midst? Well, I've got a simple passage. And this is more a devotional than a systematic sermon to you. You've heard a lot of systematic sermons from this pulpit, but this is just basically a devotional, something from my heart, and I believe the Lord wants to remind you of what our priority should be during this time of duress. We'll turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, rather verse 4. And we'll read from there in just a little bit. We just sang a song that he is worthy of it all. How many believe that? He is worthy of it all. Something else that we need to know about the Lord is this. And this is the title of my simple message this morning. He is over all. How many still believe that? 
he is still over all. Ephesians chapter 4. I believe it's verse 1 if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. What a beautiful passage of scriptures. Say it with me. Jesus, speak to my heart and give me peace. This morning, it's Communion Sunday morning, and once again, we are being invited to come to this dinner table, if you will. An invitation by the Lord himself. The Bible says in Luke 22 and 15, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And I believe that the Lord, every Sunday morning, as we make it a custom, have made it a custom, I believe that today the Lord is eager to sit with you and sup with you and just speak peace to you. There's nothing more comforting, I believe, it is, there is it to sit with the Lord and allow him to speak to us. You see, it's custom for us here at Rock of Ages, as it is with the Assembly of God, to accept this invitation of the Lord to this table, if you will, every first Sunday of the month. Irregardless of where you have been or what you have done during this month, what we left undone during the month, whether we have won great battles this past month or suffered a great defeat, there is still, at the first Sunday, an invitation to sit with the Lord at His table. On Communion Sundays, we have all of us the chance to reflect back on what we just went through this past month since we sat together last. Some of us will sit back to think and reflect on a great month that we had in our business. A great month of blessings and goodness that we received from the Lord and others. A great month of joy. Maybe somebody had a baby or someone came home from the military or, or something good that brought you this place of, of, of being delighted and joyful. Maybe a month where you receive promotions and maybe somebody else who just received financial success or simply the blessing of having good food to eat this past month and clothes to wear. Maybe a peaceful relationship that may have been stressed for a little while, but now it's everything is great. Maybe a great month when our children behaved well. Those are far and in between. Maybe our spouses behaved well. 
even further far and in between. Maybe it was a time this month of no arguments and just joyful bliss. This morning we're invited to sit with the Lord. On this communion Sunday, maybe some of us would rather not reflect on this past month. But we'd rather forget what we went through the past 30 days since we last met at this table. Maybe we had a month that was plagued. Sadly, maybe someone passed. The death of a loved one, the loss of someone you cared and loved so deeply. Maybe this month you're facing financial struggles you weren't expecting or maybe you were expecting and they're here now. Maybe you woke up in the morning to put your shoes on. You found holes in your shoes and no money to buy new ones. Maybe arguments, fights, and dissension among the family members or friends and relationships possibly. Or maybe a friend no longer talking or wanting and desiring a relationship with you. Maybe a sleepless, restless month that you had for some strange reason. Maybe a month of so many questions that up to this moment you've not gotten answers to. Maybe a month of change when you were first so stable. Now you find your legs wobble in instability. Even through that. We're invited to come to this table. Some of us have faced a painful sting of death in their families, a loss and separation this past month. Maybe others, it's the anniversary of someone they lost years ago and the sting and the pain of that loneliness is still sharp today as it was on the first day they left. Even through that, we're invited to come to this table. Open your eyes beyond the walls of this church and you will see a world that is spinning out of control before our very eyes. Today, we, our jaws drop in marvel, our eyes wide and open as bowls to see how sin and evil has blatantly veered its head out to show without shame its plan and purpose for humanity. We've seen and we've gotten emotional, possibly upset, and even some angered because of the darkened hearts of people oppressed themselves under the control of some arrogant demonic spirit hurting others just because they are in power. Full of self-righteousness and sensitive to those who are unable to oppose them and openly attacking the freedoms of your home and even today our nation. I'm aware of all that is happening around, though I hate to look at the news anymore, but I have to because so many of you call me on a daily basis to ask me, what about this and what about that? What is your opinion or what does the Bible say about what's going on in our world today? So I'm constantly asked, so I need to know what's going on around us, not because I'm glued to a television or constantly just looking at what's going on, but I have to know something 
to be relevant to you and your questions. Again, I remind you how the church in our world today is being attacked. Several other pastors facing jail time because of services and so much more that's going on. I'm going to stop right there. I, I'm painting such a dark picture of where we're at. And quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot paint another picture of what's happening today because this is exactly what's happening in our world today. You can turn your head, close your eyes, plug your ears, whatever, but it's still a reality. It's still happening in our world today. And here's a question that often is posed by church people. Does God know what's going on? Is God looking at what's going on? As you're watching the news and you're seeing the blatancy of people just saying, doing, ordering, and commanding, and fighting, and bickering, and rioting, and all these things, you say to yourself, God, where are you? Do you know what's going on? Is the Lord blind to this or is he looking at this? We get so involved with what's going on in our world that many of us hope that the Lord himself would rise up with a righteous arm and destroy those we disagree with. Lord, take vengeance now. And you're revealing the same hate that is controlling the world right now. Lord, if I could tell you what to do, I'd tell you to stand up from your throne and take your sharpened willow and just chop the heads off these people. There are people so unraveled and so lost with our world today. Even through that, <laughs> and during those times, we're asked to come to this table. Why are we asked constantly to come to this table? You know, it used to be that people used to take communion every day. I remember when I was a kid, every day. Then somebody decided that they would not do it every day, and so we went to something that was easier and more acceptable, I guess, to a monthly thing. But why does the Lord always tell us to remember to come and sit? I believe that it is at that table where we have conversations with God that we need to hear. When the Lord said, I have been desperate, I have been eager, I've been yearning to sit with you to sup. It wasn't simply like sometimes we do now and mostly now. We sit at the table and we are. Ready? And we leave. Me and the boys, my staff, just the other day went out to have lunch and we went out to some 
wing thing or whatever it is. And we sat there. And when I sat there with them, we started talking and just kind of just conversing and having a good time. And I, something caught my eye to the side. And I saw a dad, a young, handsome man with a beautiful little probably six-year-old boy, just as handsome as his dad, clean cut, really nicely dressed. And they were sitting in a table right next to us. And as I was talking to, to Duke and DJ, and we were just chatting there and having a good time, I, I couldn't help but keep going. And we sat there probably for an hour because it takes that long for them to serve us. But during that time, I was looking. The father was on the phone. And the little kid was sitting there in front of him with no phone himself, but the father was on the phone with a piece of chicken in his mouth. And the little boy would get up the chair and start. And he'd come back and he'd sit a little bit and get up again and holding onto his chair like. And I told the guys, I said, man, listen, I'm normally not nosy or even conscious of who sits next to me whenever I go to a restaurant, but I cannot help but notice that we've been here for an hour and that man has not talked to his son one time. The only thing he said was, let's go. When I saw him get up and get his drink, his Coke, and got up and said, let's go. And the little boy turned around and the kid was finished eating a long time before him. And so they just walked out. You see, when you come to the Lord's table, it's not to be on your cell phone. Neither does he invite you because he's got other business to take care of at the table. He needed something to write on. But he brings you to the table because he wants to talk to you. And he wants to speak to you. And I believe that the message at the table that he placed for those men that he called is the same message that he has for us today. In spite of how long and how many years have passed since he sat with those men as he invited them to come, the message still remains the same. The passage that we open with today gives us specific directions. And I believe they come from the very mouth of the Lord. That our concentration right now, our minds today should be occupied with living lives holy before God. There's no other and higher call for the life of a Christian in spite of everything I've just described that is happening in our world today. The message of the Lord that you will find will not be, or a conversation that you will find as you sit at this table will not be a conversation about politics. It's not going to be a conversation of who's ruining the world or who's doing that and who's pushing that, who's bringing that or or who hurt this person or the other? His conversation with those that follow him will always believe, I believe one. 
And that is to encourage us to continue walking after him in spite of the surrounding. In spite, one of memory. That reminds us constantly that everything we go through during the month before we sit again, he'll come back with us at the first of that month and say, listen, hey, Lord, did you see what happened this past month? Did you hear what happened over here? Did you hear what happened over there? He says, listen, let's concentrate on living holy lives. Let's concentrate on being humble, being at peace. Know that you've been called. To live this way, not because of the changes around you, but in spite of the changes around you. The Bible tells us and reminds us over and over how you and I, ladies and gentlemen, should never be oppressed or, or concerned with what goes on in this wicked world. And I'm not saying to ignore sinners. We are here to minister to them. But what I'm saying, when you pay attention to the premeditated acts of people that won't stop in spite, you need to move on to look at things that God would have you to do. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs 24, 19, Do not fret because of evildoers or be envious of the wicked. Now this next passage that I'm going to read to you, I believe is this whole sermon altogether, and just fulfills that title he is overall. And I love this particular passage of Scripture, not because it describes the coming wrath of God over the wicked, but because it gives us promises that you and I can hold on to in this time. And you'll hear these promises if you bring it to remembrance. If you know this word, every time you'll come to this table. That's where the Lord will meet you. And this passage that I'm speaking about, if the boys will put it up, we could read it in concert, or I'll read it to you. Psalms 37. It's a lot of Bible. But it's a good Bible. It's a lot of passage, but it's a good passage. It's a lot of verses, but oh, rich verses. Can I read them to you, and will you give me your heart just for a few minutes? Can I do that this morning? Just read it. Just open your heart. Say, Lord, I open my heart to you, God. I speak to my heart right now. Let me read this to you. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass they will soon wither, like green plants they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take the diet in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways and when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found 
but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them, but the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and the needy to slay those whose ways are upright, but their swords will pierce their own hearts and their bows will be broken. Mm. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked, for the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. And blameless, the blameless spend their days under the Lord's care and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster they will not wither. In days of famine they will enjoy plenty. But the wicked will perish. Though the Lord's enemies are like the flowers of the field, they will become or be consumed and they will go up in smoke. The wicked will borrow and, and the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land, but those he curses will be destroyed. The Lord makes firm the steps of one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was young, and now I am old. Yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. I told the young people, nothing has changed in the 60s when I was born. Nothing has changed in the tug of sin, but nothing has changed in the protection of God. Nothing. Nothing has changed in the Lord knowing exactly what's happening in the world we live in. The Lord reminds us at this table this morning that our hearts should be concerned not because of what's happening outside, but be concerned about bringing to memory always the promises he has made on behalf of his children. You see, his word is faithful, ladies and gentlemen. I said his word is faithful. Have you not heard that the Bible says that though the heavens and the earth will pass away, his word will remain forever? Have you not heard what Isaiah said in chapter 55 and verse 8? Shall I read that for you? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. Neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not turn it without turn to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll sit at this table this morning, don't expect to hold conversations with God about politics and things. Be still for a moment and listen to his promises.
And you'll find that you'll gather so much peace from listening to our shepherd's voice. He's still over all. See, the Lord said when we come to this table, he said, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of everything I've said to you. Don't let anything in this world just unhinge you. Unhinge you from the things that I've said to you. What you should be concerned with right now is living in love with one another. Making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Because there is only one body and one spirit, one God and one faith. If you will do this, you will find that while you take care of your business with God, God will take care of the business outside of you. Be at peace this morning, church. Love him. Don't let anything deter you, unhinge you from your unwavering love for him. Would you stand with me this morning? As the ushers come. I remind you this morning that nothing escapes the eye of the Lord. And we are promised in Scripture that he will reconcile all things unto himself. What he wants us to do is to continue mindful of him in our journey through this world on our way home. We're not in heaven yet, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think anyone will disagree but we're on our way. I said we're on our way. And this invitation this morning to participate, ushers, if you will, please, as I continue to speak just a little bit. This invitation is extended to all of us here. And as we all participate of this meal, the Lord would have this moment to remind you of the faith you have placed in him. To remind us of the love and unwavering, unrelenting love he has for you and me. That we might see the things he's brought us through and given us victory over. That in spite of everything we have experienced in this world, nothing we've been through will ever outweigh the beauty of the glory that is awaiting us with him in glory nothing so when you look and you hear the bad news and I'm pretty sure we'll probably hear some more in the near future we can say that's okay because he is over all yes when you sit there and say oh look at this oh look at this Shh. He is over all. He has promised us the victory. And the victory we will have. Can you say amen? Is he your Lord this morning? Maybe somebody is here in this place that's heard this message and is realizing that the words that I've spoken to you out of his word are for those who will receive him in faith. I want to ask before I close and continue in taking communion this morning 
if there would be anybody who needs Jesus in this place. Maybe you've been a part of the church here or elsewhere for a long time, but you've never said, Jesus, be Lord of my life. And you understand that today, especially in this time and age, you need to make sure that the promises of God are for you. That the heritage of his words are for your life. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Join us next time for another uplifting message. If you'd like to support this ministry and the reaching out of others, you have the opportunity to give at rockofagesaog.org.